TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! oh! All right, you got to hold it. Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, that I, blew I, me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 415, and I'm Libby, your host, and this week we have returning guests. Hi, this is Tom, and I'm, I'm executive director of screenwriting at Azusa Pacific University in Los Angeles. Hi, this is Allison, and I write reviews for Weedonopolis. Hi, this is Aaron. I'm an actor and a writer. Hi, this is Yusun, and I'm a costume designer and a TV enthusiast. All right. Thanks, guys. Welcome back. Uh, this week in the news, the most surprising thing ever that happened out of the merge of Disney and Fox that I didn't see coming is, uh, it looks like Pitch might be coming back for season two. No way! This is, this is, wait, this is crazy, right? They, uh, when Fox merged with Disney, Disney wants to keep the showrunner, um, from This Is Us, who did Pitch, yeah, they want did. him. Yeah, they, they want him to stay under contract at Disney, so they're proposing to let him have pitch back, so that he'll nice. stay. That wow. is awesome. Good bribe. Good bribe. Although I don't know how they're going to get the, the. Yeah, but I don't know how they're going to reassemble the cast because they're all working on other things. Well, Mark- one of them is on a Fox show, which Disney now owns. So like, he's under contract. Picked up yet? I yes, which add. which hasn't been picked up yet, so they can finagle his future. But That's everybody true. else basically was very much like they want to come back. So right. that is such good news. And it was so funny because on Twitter, the guy, uh, what is his name, Brian, Brian Glazer or something? He has three names. What is Glazer? He Grazer. he basically was like, "I'm so confused. Do I grow a beard? Do I not grow a beard? What's going on?" <laughs> <laughs> so Wait, I missed I, I the beard joke. Beard, I don't get it. In pitch, he has a really long beard. But in oh, okay. but in uh, the other show, he's clean shaven, mostly semi clean shaven. So he was like, "Do I grow a beard?" Director, who are you talking about? Um the the guy from from um oh good lord passages yes the passage Mar- Mike Mar- Mike Mark Paul oh, Mark Paul Gossett. yeah there we go I said he had three names. You said right. Brian Glazer. I said Brian Gla- Glazer. I was like, he's a producer director and whatever. He He's got three names. The guy I was talking about, I said from Pitch. If you were a Pitch fan, you knew I was talking about. I think Brian Grazer is a producer, executive producer on that. Oh, is he? Okay, well, whatever. Um, But yeah, it's just a crazy, because Fox and Disney are now one, Disney wants to keep the showrunner for This Is Us, and they're like, we'll bring back Pitch if you'll stay. And And he said yes. Well, they're negotiating it now. So we're not definitely getting Pitch back. We are in talks to get pitch back oh, to the geez. point that it came out on Hollywood Reporter that it's a possibility. Right. right. It wasn't I'll a possibility it. five minutes ago. Okay. So I'll take. Yes, exactly. I'll take it. I, I bet you did to put pressure on what's his face on uh, the showrunner. Well, they're basically, yeah, they're basically happy. trying to bribe him so that he stays. Because everybody else, like Amazon and all the and Netflix, are, are making really big deals for all these showrunners to get them away from network television. And sure. so Disney's like, "Well, we'll do you one better. We'll bring back one of your shows. We can't. They got canceled." Is it? This is us produced by Twentieth Television. Yeah. 
Possibly, yeah, probably. But it's uh, but all I know is they want to keep him under contract, and his contract's about to expire. Uh, so this is on the table to get him to come. We'll to- keep your current show on longer. We'll keep your canceled show on, and we'll do whatever you want to do to stay. <laughs> yes. So that is a negotiating tactic that's happening. All right. The next piece of news I have is that they have ca- Netflix has cast Cowboy Bebop live action. And John Cho will headline. Uh, they actually, they named the other cast members that I don't know who they are. But, uh, so the whole cast has been picked out for Cowboy Bebop. And I'm excited. I like John Cho. The only comment I have is he looks a little older than the character supposed to be. That's all. Other than that, I think he's great. Um, and then the last piece of news I have is Afterlife and the Umbrella Academy were both renewed by Netflix for season two. Yay! So we'll find out what happens when they go to the alternate. Re- no, wait, alternate timeline, not alternate reality. I forgot what show. Well, then, no, they they go back into the past. The past the time travel. Yeah. That would have been I... such a bad place to end this. Show. <laughs> I'm so glad they got a second season. So yay! All right, Tom, your news. Okay, uh, let's see. Uh, Amazon has lured Jonathan Nolan and his wife Lisa Joy away. Well, not away Warner. from Westworld because they still no, are committed that to doing. Finish. Sorry, sorry. Away <laughs> from Warner Brothers Television for a contract worth 150 million dollars over five years. Wow! Wow! They are the mind. They are the brain trust behind Westworld, which obviously the current. You have to finish the current obligations, but that's that's a lot of dough. Yeah. Um, mm. On the CW, Emily Bett Rickards is ankling Arrow. Her last episode will be. The seventh season finale, and her her departure will be addressed in the storyline. Mm. Wait, oh, so she's quitting. Bef- they only have like eight more episodes. She's quitting. ten episodes. Yeah, okay, she's so she's, she's jumping off before. Oh, whatever. Wow. Good. I, I, I'd love to say I won't miss her at all. I just wish it had been sooner. Oh, like who is season this? two? Who is this? She plays Felicity. Yeah, Felicity. Felicity Smoke on Arrow. I stopped watching Arrow a long time ago. The time that I stopped watching, at least Felicity, was still a good character. Oh, they I gather her that's char- changed. Oh, man, they killed her character so hard. Yeah, they oh, did. Really. Well, uh, okay. more reasons why I have no desire to see what I missed. <laughs> Epics has canceled Berlin Station after season three. NBC has picked up Law and Order for a record-setting 21st season. Law and Order oh, SBU, that is. Oh, my God. So it it has now surpa- surpassed Law and Order, Original Recipe, and Gunsmoke for a number of seasons wow. of a television drama. You okay. cannot kill that with a stick. I Seriously. tell you, and it's so depressing. It's like always like the worst part of humanity, and I'm always like, always. why am I watching? Oh, always. always, I was watching it for. Uh, oh, good lord! What is his name? Chris Maloney. Chris Maloney Stabler. That's why I was watching it. Yeah, he was and, awesome. and the second he left, I turned it off. So. There you go. And you can see him on Happy Now anyway. So. <laughs> you don't need him on Law and Order. Um, Netflix has, okay, greenlit. Uh, Amy Adams is going to be in Ron Howard's adaptation of Hillbilly Elegy based on the book. It looks like Dave Bautista is going to be the lead in Army of the Dead. Oh, uh, yeah, I saw that. That's so with that's an interesting cast. Zack Snyder. Brad Falchuk um, it has set an overall deal with Netflix. So he's joining Ryan Murphy, his frequent producing partner there. Netflix has greenlit a gay James Bond-like animated series called Q-Force from Sean Hayes and Mike Shore with 10 animated? episodes. Animated? 
Weird. Huh. Uh, Paramount Network has picked up uh, Darren Star's Emily in Paris with Lily Collins starring. And finally, Showtime has ordered a drama called Intelligence from the Hurt Locker's Oscar-winning writer Mark Bull. Okay. All right. Let's start off with the shows. We are definitely going to be on the timer. We have five minutes per show. And I, if you're mid-sentence, you're cut off. All right. First up, we're going to start talking about The Walking Dead season finale. I almost said series finale because for me, that's almost what it is. <laughs> It for uh, me, it definitely is what it is. Uh, well, I'm, I'm over. Uh, Michonne has three episodes left in season ten, so I'm just gonna watch those three. But um, the the wish, this episode was interesting in that there really wasn't danger other than the weather. So they get caught in a storm, and the kingdom runs out of the thing. I don't like about what happened to the kingdom how it fell apart is that they don't really. Explain it because the kingdom was the most prosperous community for the longest time, and then all of a sudden it wasn't, and they didn't really explain it to me other than the pipes. Like I, I feel like that's the they were like the pipes stop working, and we have to abandon the community now. I'm like, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I wasn't really happy about that explanation, but sure, okay. So the kingdom falls, and the whole point of this episode is to get the people to Hilltop and then to Alexandria. And so I liked the mission, and it seemed a little perilous, and it was the first time we ever had snow, and so it was kind of a fun finale, but I mean, last week's episode was really kind of the big, epic finale episode, but this one was just kind of, it's not exactly quiet, but it was more just team family trying to survive together. Uh, and I also call foul on Carol and Ezekiel breaking up out of nowhere, um... I get the whole concept of if a child dies with a couple, then the couple might break up. I get that, but there was like no basis. Like we didn't, we didn't get anything. It was just like, and here's your ring back. I'm leaving. What? Plus, he wasn't even really their child. They they adopted him sort of when he was already like what. 10, 12 yeah. years old, something like that. So it's yeah. not like, oh, the only thing that ever held their union together was that they had a baby. You know, right. I mean, that's it's nothing like that. It didn't make any sense to me. And I was like, I don't understand what just happened. And it literally came out of left field. He's like all up in uh, Daryl's face talking about, you need to leave Carol alone because she's mine. I was like, what? Like, the, that's not the king at all. He's not that insecure. And so it was just such a strange conversation that he had with Daryl. And then five minutes later, Carol's like giving him the ring and he's like, but I'll always love you. I was like, wait, what just happened? Um, it was so bizarre. And I get, I, it, it really felt, I could see the writing. It was very much like, okay, we're going to rearrange all these characters for a different plot now. So let me just move these pieces. And without really any consideration of the characters. So that felt strange and i was like oh good thank god i'm not really into this show and i really wasn't that invested in carol and ezekiel but i was mildly invested so i was kind of really disappointed by that anyway your thoughts that's all i gotta say well you know everything that happened in this episode was like a compilation of why i am no longer interested in this show 
and and why I'm I am almost certainly not going to be turning in to watch it again from here on out because, the, like you said, it's just oh they, they you know they just arrange pieces in different places because they randomly decide oh let's go in this direction now and it doesn't matter if none of it makes any sense if there's no dramatic logic to it if there's no real follow through if there has been no build up prior to the this particular episode starting um just you know within a space of minutes we have all these different things happening i mean like you said the the kingdom was the most prosperous of the various communities and all of a sudden it's it's failing for no reason and this can't be the first winter that they've gone through before right. you know they've they've it's not like oh this is their first year so of course you know they they don't know how to cope when certain things happen no they've had to deal with this for years now literally years right. and and just all of a sudden it becomes such a problem that the community completely fails well, what i see and- is this is actually what i see happening they didn't get Maggie, so they don't have anybody to run the hilltop. They killed Tara, they killed Jesus. There's nobody in charge of the hilltop that we know at all. And so they have three kingdoms, but not enough leaders. And so they're just like, okay, well, we'll make the kingdom go away and we'll move the king to hilltop. And I'm like, all right. I mean, I like having less places to have to go because that's mm-hmm. annoying. But it really felt like, okay, well, we, let's consolidate the characters that we do have. Which is smart, but it doesn't work for story. You need to earn that story. You need story. to build it. That's right. the thing. You know, I think, I, I, I'm, I agree with you that from a dramatic standpoint, I was getting really tired of having all the characters just, you know, so completely removed from each other that nobody was talking. And you'd forget that a character even existed because, right. you know, I mean, the writers wouldn't address them. It's like when, when Rosita came in to to uh, talk to Eugene um, the week prior to that, in the, the episode prior. And it's she, they, they hadn't had her in the show for like seven episodes. And, right. and suddenly she comes in. It's like, oh, that's right. Rosita exists. All right. Well, and, we, need to, we need to wrap you know, it up. So, but go ahead. So, yeah, I agree with you with with all of that. It's just the fact that they just decide to do things randomly and don't build up to it and don't earn the changes that they make. And I'm tired of it. I just feel like I'm watching a show that everybody's tired of writing. <laughs> all right. So we may not be covering Walking Dead next season. All right. Next up, we talk about Into the Badlands, which... I did not watch yet. I haven't watched this new season, but uh, what did you guys think? I'm enjoying the ride. Um, As always, I feel like uh, the action is just top notch. Um, And um, I'm enjoying the storyline. I'm liking the twists, Um, seeing that the widow, um, we're finding more about her past um, and that she actually had the same gift um, as um, I think is his name MJ, and also as um, Pilgrim. So I'm I'm finding that very interesting as we're starting to unfold everybody's past, like how um, Baji is linked to the Widow, and they're all linked to Pilgrim, and they're linked to and I forgot the lady's name. Um, it starts with an A, but the older lady who trained Baji. Um, so I, I think oh, it's right. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm seeing some very interesting dynamics. Um, I think it was very exciting now that we're seeing how it's escalating with Pilgrim now going after the master um, in order to get more people with that gift in order to build an army. Um, so I'm thinking it's really, really interesting, um, at least in the direction that it's going. 
Yeah, I really enjoy watching the show. And I think since this is going to be their their final season, which is yeah. a real shame because I'm going to miss this show a lot. But yeah. um, it's like they've they've sort of pulled out all the stops as far as the fight scenes are yeah. concerned. Is this, you know, the when they're they're shooting it, it just they bring in all the extras. Yeah. It's like, you know, they're they're really going to town on this, which is great. Um, but I, yeah, I really like what they're doing with the characters because I remember when they introduced the widow at the very beginning and you weren't sure, you know, is, are, am I supposed to trust her? Is she a good person? Is she a bad person? And it was kind of leaning toward the latter toward, you yeah. know, evil. And they've, they've been doing like a redemption arc on her mm-hmm. for a long time, which seems to really be paying off at this point. Yeah. So we've now reached the point where we've got all these disparate people like the widow and Sonny and and Lydia and uh, Tilda and you know who are working towards the same goal and they they hate each other but they're (laughs) they've been willing to put that aside and actually work together because they're they're facing you know the the world being turned upside down and a lot of people being killed so I I like that that they're doing that with the characters and um, the only thing I, I, I don't really buy is MK turning so evil yeah i think that's that's part of my thing is he he's coming off as like a brat his whole attitude like i hate sunny even though sunny killed my mom under orders when he was not a good person and i can never forgive him and i must kill him that makes no sense anyway, right okay. I mean, and it's like, it's not like MK didn't kill a whole lot of people himself. (laughs) So it's, I don't understand. I mean, Sonny, you know, was the one who protected him and taught him and all of that. So I would think that, that some of that would actually make some sense. So I, yeah, it is, it is really difficult to look at his character and go, you know, what's wrong with, besides being a teenager, what's wrong with this character? (laughs) Um, but yeah, other than that, I'm I'm really looking forward to what's going on. A Pilgrim is a fascinating character because yes, there's yes. like this underlayer, you know, all this, you know, talking about how he's the anointed one and all of that. And you can tell by the, the various um, delusions he, he's been having recently that there is this underlayer of real doubt yes. that this is the case. And so I, I'm interested to see what's going to happen with that, too. Absolutely. And I think adding Lorraine Toussaint was just genius in adding her character in. Oh, yes. Because she's kind of his earpiece. And I'm loving that because she thinks she's running the show, but you can tell already that he's kind of not heeding all of her advice. And so I'm finding that to be just such a wonderful dynamic. Um, And I feel that she brings something extra to it. Oh yeah. Well, she's always good. I I yeah. love her in everything I've ever seen her in. Me too. And she's just she's just you know digging into this with with yeah. you know <laughs> teeth and claw. It's great. I yeah. love her in this. Okay. Well, that that's it. Or you guys have more? That's that. Yeah. I I think that pretty much covers it. I mean, you know, the, I I don't want to get too much into specifics because a lot of people haven't caught up. Yeah. Um, but well, it's it's I just mean, so it's fine. You know, yeah. Thank you, Allison. <laughs> You're welcome. Because I love the show, and I just I didn't get I didn't start it up yet. So, oh, definitely catch up. Yes, yes. All right. Next up, we're going to talk about Hannah, and uh, this is a show that's on not Amazon. Yes, Amazon. It is on Amazon. Amazon. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and they dropped the pilot a while ago, and I'd seen that maybe a month ago, and then they dropped all the episodes just to like turn my head in, um, like last week, and I watched episode two, and I think episode one and two pretty much cover most of the movie, so I'm kind of interested to see you know, where they're going next, because it's obviously, you know, it's more, it's like eight episodes, so it's going to be more than what you, they covered in the movie. But I really like how they set this up. I, I like the girl playing Hannah. She's very, very talented. And She's Samantha Morton's daughter. Yes, yeah, somebody told me that. Peter told me yeah. that. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess acting is genetic now. Is that what we're trying to say? No. <laughs> <laughs> but um no but she's a, this is like her first big role and she's nailing it like i really believe her character and it's a weird kind of coming of age in that she's a teenager and she doesn't quite know what that means but because her dad basically trained her to be this soldier if she hits danger or whatever she's amazing and she's obviously been experimented on in some ways because her reflexes are crazy and all that other stuff but yeah she's awesome and their objective so far is the the parent the she got hannah got separated from her dad and she's trying to rendezvous with him and at the same time take out the woman that killed her mom Woohoo! so it's a revenge story and all these other things but it's so far it's really well done what do you think um Yusin, you watched it right I did, and you know what? If if any of you hear the graveliness in my voice, it's because I watched all eight episodes what? until wow. four thirty in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'm real tired. Um, Just talk about the first two. No spoilers. No. <laughs> no, I I won't. And in fact, I what I my what I'm about to say might help you. Here here's what I'm going to say. I'm I'm. You know what's interesting is. Having said that, if I mean, if people hear that I've like binge watched and ended up going to bed at four thirty in the morning, um, I uh, you'd think that I like loved the show, um, but I can't say that I loved it. But I, I it's a very solid show. Um, the my number one gripe is. You know, there's always like the book versus uh, movie people that like that never ending argument. Um, And then now there's this new like movie versus television series, you know, camps that like I'm I just I'm just like I have no patience for these people. Um, I watched the movie, enjoyed it, um, probably liked the movie more than the series a little bit. But that's mostly because it's a tight story. Uh, as, as a movie, um, you know, it kind of finishes itself off nicely. And um, but there's enough there that like in the back of my head, like the character's interesting enough and the setup's interesting enough that, um, you know, basically I don't know spoilers for the movie, but she basically, you know, kills, reaches her objective of revenge. So, sure, that ends, you know, that idea ends. Um, but you just in the back the of my head. Sorry. I, you know, the, no, 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 I'm talking about the movie. Oh, okay. um, no, no, I would never spoil the end of a series. But um, but what I'm trying to say is that I definitely thought, oh, there's enough here for uh, a series. I, I mean, I thought that, I don't know, eight, nine years ago. But and then 
promptly forgot about it. But anyway, so getting back to the show, uh, the first two episodes are great. Um, and in fact, I had only intended to watch one, the first episode, and then, and I'm already familiar with the setup and the characters, but um, she plays it differently. She, you know, she's cast with dark hair, you know, uh, what's her name? Saoirse Ronan, Saoirse Ronan, um, you know, is is much more delicate and, and kind of, you know, that blonde, whatever. So that that took a little getting used to, but in, in a few seconds, the lead is very good. Um, I don't know if it's because of the writing uh, and also because her character is supposed to be a bit emotionless. So that like mostly like annoying teenage teenage angstiness, which, you know, does come out, isn't as annoying to me. Um, I thought all the characters across the board were it was really well acted. I'm going to say this, Libby, and then I, I won't talk too much more. There have been complaints that the middle of the series is is kind of boring and it's interesting because to me it wasn't the pacing it was definitely where they took the story but it wasn't boring to me it was like it slowed down and i personally found it to be kind of interesting because it really focuses on human issues her relationships her you know her relationship with her her father in quotes um and then there's even a whole teenage kind of interlude which probably lasts an episode too long um and it probably is a little bit of <clears throat> filler. So I want to tell people who are watching the show um, that middle section is a little different than the, what they're expecting. And that's what I'm going to tell you. Like, I don't want you to bail because they definitely bring it back, you know, and they there's a sort of a twist and a reveal. Twist isn't great, um, but it's kind of bookended with the more, the more action-y spy stuff. But that middle section is definitely something else. And I didn't mind it. And right as I would start to get bored with both, like where they were going and the actual episode, they like punch it up. And I was kind of like, Oh, okay. I'll watch the next episode, you know? And, <laughs> and so they, they do a nice job because they could have lost me, but um, they it's paced well enough and it's interesting enough. And the acting is solid enough that I think people will be rewarded if they watch the whole series. Well, they may not love it. I mean, maybe well, some we people need to wrap will. It up. We need to wrap it up. Yeah. So I, I think, I know you, you might get bored, but I feel like it's worth the payoff for you and everyone else who's listening to stick with it. Okay. Also, they leave it open-ended enough for a second season, which I wouldn't mind. Okay. All right. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about The Twilight Zone. I watched the first two episodes that were available, and I know Tom has seen it. Has anybody else seen it? Yep, I have. Okay. I'm going so, to go off on a rant. Well, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> uh, I'm, hitting the, I'm hitting the timer. All right, so the first episode I personally thought was trash. Uh, that it's completely <laughs> unnecessary. You should, you don't need to watch that episode at all. Save yourself fifty minutes of your life and don't even bother. The second mm. episode I did think was worth watching. I think they 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 blew it on the post credit like sequence. Like Thank it's not even you. so like everything not post credit. Uh, it wasn't even post credit. They put a tag at the end of the episode. The tag at the end. The tag at the end was totally unnecessary. It was one scene too long. Yes. Let's put it that way. Yes. It was one scene too long, and I thought that the episode was great up until. Because what I really liked is when I saw the the episode title, I was like, wait, we've done this episode twice. I don't want to see this again. And then when it starts, I was like, oh, I like how they flipped it. Libya. That was nightmare at twenty thousand feet. What? This was thirty thousand. Thirty. This is <laughs> only... an extra ten thousand. Although, feet. although they exciting. did credit, they did credit Richard Matheson's original teleplay, which well, I, I, I'm I, glad. Yes. I I know his daughter. I work with her at the Family Channel. I don't. 
I don't know why I didn't call her and her, her brother co-created Built and Ted. And it's like, y'all need to get some better writers. Well, all, I'm saying, all I'm saying is I like the twist and the flip on on the structure of the story. I thought it would made it really interesting. It still, it, it made it, it modernized it and still evoked the same feelings as the original. So I was like, Bravo. Utterly predictable. Both episodes. I, I, I'm not saying, but I like the way the second one made me feel. I thought they did a good job of ratcheting up the tension for me and making me wonder what was going on. And up until the end where they screwed the pooch. But uh, I think the second episode was markedly better than the first. I thought the first episode was a waste, literally a waste of of film. It it was, um, it's the only of the first four episodes, evidently, that Jordan Peele has a writing credit on. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, and I heard the the other two were not that great either. Yeah, I've got uh, several beefs. Okay, go ahead. Number one, this, this is the third revival of The Twilight Zone. Now, initially, when I heard I, they were going to revive it, I'm like, again? And then I heard Jordan Peele. It's like, okay, I'm in. Having seen Us, which Libby and I talked about. Well, and I don't yeah, well, well, yes, here, please, not Lewis TV. But, but, but let me just say this. He won the Oscar for one well-crafted, well-written thriller. That does not make him the master of horror suspense. You need more than one. Another, A second one, which is getting decidedly mixed results, even though it's making money, and a TV show that is getting very negative results. I'm disappointed. You can't brand yourself really based on one Oscar-winning. If script. people keep giving you money, you can. But I'm well, just saying. I'm just keep... saying. I'm just saying. I want to see. I would. I would be more disappointed if he actually had writing or directing credit on any of these. But he doesn't. He just put his name on the front. He does the the narrating, which is odd. To no, me. he he does have a writing credit on Nightmare Three Thousand Feet. Yeah, but I mean, not on any of the other ones. That's what I said. I'm disappointed. Still, about. it's like, dude, you're taking the money. He is taking <laughs> the money. Quality control. Yes, that's true. Quality control. They need to be half an hour long. That's my other beef. You yeah. know, in a world where Black yeah, Mirror exists, yeah. this really seems superfluous, like a cash grab. And this is not a destination show for CBS All Access, like Discovery is. Yeah. All right, Allison, your thoughts. We're almost yeah. out of time. Yeah, I it, it's I I don't think that I hated the one the first one as much as both of you did. Although I thought that it was it was horrendously predictable. It's like mm-hmm. literally from the from the from the word go, I knew exactly how this was going to end. Right. Um, because the gimmick was just it, it, was, it was just too obvious. There saying right. this is how we're going to end this for you. Um, right. So that was the problem for me. Where the second one, at, at least I felt, and this is key to the the original Twilight Zones and how they worked. When something bad happened, it was it was always that the person it happened to richly deserved it in some way, or or and, set it up, think, or yeah. Yeah, so I thought, you know, the, 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 there was like a, a sense of, of karma, you know, karmic justice. And that was lacking in in abundance with the second one, where mm-hmm. the guy was just, I mean, he's suffering from PTSD. He'd been a war reporter. He, he wasn't in any way a bad person, but he acted like a neurotic basket case once he got a hold of the podcast. Yeah, the podcast. The podcast. So, um it just seemed to me like all of this was happening to a person who was not set up in advance to be 
the proper target for us. It's like there there needed to be some karmic justice involved where we could say, okay, yes, this is happening because he's this kind of person, and this is this is deserved. And again, like you said, it went a scene too long because oh, it my ended gosh. with you know that last moment where you just see the plane go into the into the clouds. clouds. That was perfect, and I thought, yep. okay, and scene, and, <laughs> and then it came back again, and I'm thinking, what? Why? And, and and you know, it's like everything that came before just suddenly looked stupid. It, it nothing that happened in that scene was worth watching no. or made any sense. No. And and when Jordan Peele actually says. The flight path to hell is paved with good intentions. <laughs> I turned to my wife and said, did he actually say that? Really? <laughs> really? Come on. All right. We got to wrap this up. We're wrapping this up. All right. Next up. Next up, we're going to talk about 911. And we're going to talk about Chimney's beginnings. Which, why are they torturing Chimney? I don't know why they hate him so much. But this episode... What I liked is basically as he's laying bleeding out, his his life is flashing before his eyes, and we go back to 1995 when he's a he's working at a bar. He's like a bar guy, and there's a fire, and he helps the people out, and he decides he wants to be a fireman. And him and his cousin, I want to say, I'm not sure if it's his cousin, but the kid that he helped raise, they decide to be firemen together, and it's a really cool story, and it's. It helps you really understand how Chimney is who he is, and then we learn how he gets his nickname and all that other stuff. So it's a really good view into his life, which was why I was 100% sure that by the end of the episode he was going to be dead. Um, But surprise, surprise, he does not die. Um, They actually get to him and rescue him. But I thought that the episode was good because also it's a nice contrast to the episode they did with, oh, what's the black woman's name? That's the EMT. Uh, Hen? Hen. Yes, that's her name. Um, It's a nice contrast to her origin story because they both started in like the same uh, engine house. And it showed how horribly they treated Chimney. And in her episode, they show how horribly they treated her. And now you understand why he was like, well, they treated me just as bad as they treated you, but I got your back, you know. So he was trying to be supportive to her, but he didn't really see that there was any way that he could do anything different. So I thought that was all really interesting. Um, any other thoughts? Hello? Um, Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was a, a, a great episode. Um, yeah, I, my heart goes out to this poor character. Um between getting impaled in the head with a pole and stabbed and all these other things. Um, he's almost like the, um, uh, oh, what was that character? Um, Kenny from South Park <laughs> coming back. <laughs> but um, I, I really love, he is such a lovable character. So yeah. I love seeing some of his backstory um, and seeing that unfold. I felt like I got to know him a little bit better. And, um, you know, and all I will say also uh, just for me about the episode is that I have to say just, I, I thought this was, Jennifer Love Hewitt's um, best acting for me ever. Um, well, I just didn't, I thought we talk about predictable plots. I thought the yeah. the, the domestic abuse storyline was so predictable. Like I yeah. I literally started fast forwarding because I was <laughs> like, yes, yes, he's gonna threaten and then she's gonna do the thing and then that, yes, 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 let's go. Yeah. And I knew it was gonna end with her killing him. Like, yes. 
you know that. So I was like, let's yeah. just get to it. <laughs> and the only time I stopped was like, if it was other characters, if it was we yeah. were with Chimney or we were with anybody else, I stopped yeah. and watched their scenes. But anytime she was with her abusive husband, I was like, I don't care. You're <laughs> not going to be in the show very long. Go away. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> but yes, she. I guess she did a good job. I mean, performance-wise, performance yes. Yeah. I just thought the story wasn't there. I, All I right. agree. All right, let's move on. Um, next up, we're going to talk about The Rookie. And this week's episode, what happened in this week's episode? The Earthquake. No, wait. Was that The Earthquake? Or was no, that the oh God, it was so good. It was, um, it was uh, his partner. Uh, oh, her. She found out that her, her brother, brother, right. Yeah. She has a brother that she lied about. Yeah. Wait, was it the foster brother? Is it a foster brother it's a foster or a real brother? brother? It's a foster yeah. brother. Okay. That's why they have right. different last names. But right. Right, right, right. her whole point was he's still my brother. You know, and yeah. she lied on her application. Um, yeah. And I, well, that to me... Go ahead, sorry. No, no, go ahead. I was just going to say, that to me is like the smallest thing because, I mean, it obviously it has very far-reaching potential, huge problems for her, you know, her career. And at the end... Um, you know, obviously they bring it back there, but I thought the episode, I'm very upset with them because I really didn't want them. I was surprised, um, especially because they were, they had been building up the captain, you know, I, I didn't like her when she first joined the show. I thought she was uh, wasted. And then all of a sudden they started not wasting her. And I thought, okay, good job. You know, and it reminded me of how many strong female leads there are. And, um, you know, she was a softer kind of a, strong woman which is a nice complexity you know different shades of strong women you know we're not just all getting tough you know what you know cop dude or cop person or whatever so um uh, i thought she you know was very compassionate and all this and so i was i wasn't gonna bail on the show but i was angry at them and so i i walked into the next few episodes this last one included um just kind of like uh you know what are you what are you gonna do so, uh, well, I'll tell you what they did. They did a great job focusing on uh, another female character. She's an excellent actress. She absolutely was able to handle the material. Um, you know, the show, yes, it's not supposed to be funny, but, you know, it definitely tries to be somewhat lighthearted, especially in those, um, the I don't know what they're called, but the vignettes, you know, the thing that starts an episode and then, you know, they go to credits. Um, it's usually like very James Bond, of, as in like it doesn't have anything to do with the actual episode, but they give right. you a little tease. Just call the tease. Go ahead. Yeah. Tease it's, or the open. It. Go ahead. The yeah. open. So, um, but anyway, so uh, she is a great actress, and I've, I've always known that. I thought that the whole show. Um, so, it was, but they gave her a really good storyline, and I thought it was really compelling. It was it was like full on drama. I mean, she was going to get shot killed and you know her foster brother stepped up and i also like how they um you know don't compromise the characters that we've gotten to know you know she arrested him afterwards and that i believe it i believe yeah, that's that she, her that's her character yeah that's her character so they do a really nice job it's still a little bit of a fluffy show for me and um sometimes there are gaping plot holes and i'm kind of like who would do that or that doesn't seem realistic um, but I'm not watching the show for realism. So I thought this episode was really outstanding. To me, one of the best of the season. Um, and not just because they focused on a woman and whatever, but it, it was a really good story. And what they do well also is they're doing that thing where it isn't a one-off. Like, this is going to have 
repercussions. repercussions. Right. It's really interesting to see her, you know, this this journey she's going to go on in this thing. So they do a nice job. I really, you know, I hate to say it, but I'm sticking with the show. Even though they <laughs> disappointed me. Tara, I wrote on Twitter and I never go on Twitter. Um, I wrote the showrunner um, and uh, did not get a response. And but I was, was weak. Oh. I was going to say, I want to, I want to move on. Anybody else want to make a comment before we run out of time real quick? Uh, Aaron, did you see it? No? Um, yeah, I did see it, but, but everything's been said for me. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> let, let's move on. I think this episode, as I agree, was great. And I can't wait to see what Nolan does to back up his T.O. Next yes. week on The Rookie. All right. <laughs> next up, we're going to talk about This Is Us. And this was the season finale. And um, they had a bunch of storylines going on, but I have to give them credit. They totally fooled me. I really believe that Randall and um, Beth were going to break up. I, Beth? I, yeah, I'm, I really believed it. And I'm then glad they, totally... they did this arc. I'm glad they did this arc to show the realities of marriage, you know, married mm-hmm. life. And I'm glad that we know that there's that they're going to make it. But it was very useful to do this arc because we found out a lot about Randall because in many respects, aside from his anxiety issues, he had been portrayed as the perfect husband. Right. And it was good to see him, you know, that he shares a lot with Kevin in being very selfish. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, and I like the flashback that they showed with him watching his dad basically do what he had done to Beth and it freaked him out that he was copying his father's behavior because he was always thinking he wouldn't be like his father in that regard. And he basically did the exact same thing. And that's why that was part of why he wouldn't admit what he was doing. It's because he didn't want to, he didn't want to see that in himself. And you're right. It gave us really good insight into Randall and Beth. Um, and I'm looking forward to where their story goes. I really am. Uh, Allison, you have any thoughts? Yeah, oh, well, I, I also liked the, the what they did with the misdirection for the whole season. Because all of us were thinking, okay, how do we get to the big divorce? You know, and then and then they pulled a fast one on us. And no, they didn't actually do that. But I, I think that it was interesting because we did get to see so so much more of, of the characters and what motivated them, which, you know, which we never saw before. As you said, they were always... Portrayed as the perfect couple, and it just shows you that every relationship, every marriage, actually, no matter what you think is happening on the surface, there is a whole reality underneath that that we don't know anything about, Preach. and issues and layers, and yeah, exactly. I mean, it's it's just reality. Um, I, I have to say that I like that better than I I liked what they did with the um, the baby storyline. Which it, it's sort of like, you know, I mean, that's kind of, you know, with the, what's happening with, with Toby and Kate um, is sort of, it's like predictable. As soon as I knew she was pregnant, I knew there was going to be problems right. because well, it's, yeah. this is us, you know. So they, they really haven't, I mean, maybe there's something that they're going to do that's going to put a spin on that next season. But um, so far... It's it's like that that seems to go, be going in a more predictable. Well, the one thing I will have to say, I did really like when Kate like lost it with her mom because with Rebecca with Rebecca because it's very much we know the 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 source of her insecurities with her mom, 
But I like, and they've actually talked about it a little bit, but I do like that it still happens. Even when oh, she yeah. knows mm-hmm. this is what's going on and it's all in my head and I know that, it's still going to happen. And I like, she's like, I'd like to apologize to you ahead of time. <laughs> I thought that was good. Um, so, yeah. I thought the episode's MVP was, was Deja when she oh, basically, yes. she out, she out Randall's Randall. Yes, that was fantastic. <laughs> Yes. And in the flash forward, I thought it was really interesting that Uncle Nick is going to get his act together and sit vigil by Rebecca's side. Yeah. And what I liked, too, I mean, what, what was most interesting about that scene was how casual the whole thing was. Like, it wasn't like, oh, Nick, where do you come from? It was it was just, oh, hi, Nick. You know, like this, whatever happened to bring him back into the fold, ha- you know, happened so long ago that it's no longer worth a deal. Even, right. Even- uh, noting anymore yeah. so i'm really looking forward to that storyline too right, and i'm to... interested to find out who kevin eventually marries i wasn't Neither happy does... about is... this breakup but i understood is... it oh come on he was he was totally lying about oh i know yeah. i but i'm just saying i shipped them i really like them together oh and they so have great chemistry together great chemistry, but... yeah I, they did but i understand i'm like saying i understand why it happened they did the groundwork so I understand why it happened, and I get it. I'm just not 100% happy with it. That's all. All yeah, right. That's life. Yeah, I know. Let's move on. <laughs> Let's move on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about magicians. And I will say again, this season is awesome. We have to yeah. talk about yeah. two episodes ago. What happened Margo to tripping on Lizard in the Desert. Oh, oh my God. God. That was so fantastic. The singing in that episode Lizard alone. Rocks. It was so, so good. Like, that's probably one of my favorite episodes now. And then she was like, why are you here? She was like, oh, because I can sing really well. I was like, no other reason. (laughs) (laughs) She was like, what part of my consciousness are you? It was like, the part that can sing. And then as soon as she said that, then the, um, uh, oh, God, the the headmaster showed up because he's got that voice. Uh And they they were just like, we're not even going to explain why he's here. Obviously, this is why he's here. (laughs) And it was just like, holy crap, this is amazing. Amazing. But it's I love so delving good. into. I love the deep dive into her psyche, especially the the story about how her, you know, the schism between her and her dad, and the whole thing. I'd never heard this before. I talked about it with a friend, and she said, "Oh yeah, but uh, you can be the smart one, the pretty one, or the tough one." Yeah, you can't be all three. Yeah. But I I, I heart Summer Bishel so much. Oh my oh, god, yeah. she was oh, yeah. she, she. I was like, why is she not the star of the show? I feel like she's the star of the show now, right? Oh, she's the star. She's awesome. <laughs> yeah. um, in my household, she's the star. Of the yeah, because oh, yeah. I was like, she was so good in this episode. Yes, uh-huh. Margot rules the world for me. Um, <laughs> I don't know if it's in the writing or if it's her ad living, but every word that comes out of her mouth is hilarious, but it's also powerful. It also has a point and is very direct. And so I just think that she is so extremely well written. I agree. She has become like the main character for me um, and who I look for when I turn on magicians. Right. Exactly. And I want Elliot, I want my Elliot back. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Yes. I want Elliot back so bad. Oh, definitely. One of the things that I thought was interesting though, was, you know, in her, her 
musical hallucinations. <laughs> Did anybody notice that the coat that Elliot was dressed in had was lizard skin? Oh yeah, yes. I just yes. noticed I love that. that. All I noticed yeah. was he looked really good in that coat. That's oh, all. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> that's what I noticed. Like, can we dress him like that all the time now? <laughs> I would. I would vote for that definitely. Yes. Um, <sighs> but but I thought that was great because I mean yeah it's basically it's the lizard hallucination. So he's you know in this coat that's that's who he's that that is what he's representing it, right. it's birthright talking to her basically yes. it was, it was uh, so awesome and i, I just great. lip service really quick to the second episode which was not as good because it was all about quentin well it was quentin and alice who were not my it wasn't all about well i, w- I will say it, it was, was about so, alice too i said quentin <laughs> and alice i said quentin yeah. and alice yeah. but i will say that what's so funny to me or so strange to me is they were in season one they were the stars of the show it was yeah. about them and now they're like, they're a part of the ensemble, which is where they should be, because neither one of them is the strongest. I think Alice is a little stronger than Quentin, but yeah. um, they're not the strongest actors. And I like that as the show has moved on and the writers have seen what's going on, they've shifted the story to support who they have mm-hmm. or who they are, I... or who you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think the problem's with the acting. I think the problem is the characters. Yes. Quentin tends yes. to be reactive and passive, which is a bad trait in a protagonist. Yes. Whereas everybody else has so much more agency and makes more interesting choices. Right. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and and I think about Alice, I don't know what's going on with her. Like she she did such irredeemable bad things. Like she has no moral center anymore. I think she literally doesn't know what's right and wrong anymore. And because. Um, because that moment where she's got the body swap with the younger version of Quentin and he's trying to like make mm-hmm. out with her. And she's like, well, maybe we shouldn't. And then she's like, well, maybe we shouldn't. I was like, no, you shouldn't. Like, <laughs> I was like, that's pretty clear. You should not do that. And she was like, well. And then, of course, she gets caught. And I was like, come mm-hmm. on, Alice. <laughs> like, can you not make a good decision ever? So the episode was okay. To me. I did like her with Cameron Mannheim several episodes back. But. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that, that, was, yes. that was good. Yes. But she also still didn't have a moral center there either. She really is unclear on what's good and what's bad. She's, she's, mm-hmm. And I like that this season she's been consistently unclear with what's a good decision and what's a bad one. Morally well, at standing. least they, they've they've addressed that problem in her character, which right. is nice. In fact, this the, that episode really addressed both of their characters because when they finally had Quentin say, well, what is my what is my specialty oh. or what? You know, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Repairer of small, small objects. objects. <laughs> that was hilarious. Like, that's your big oh. skill. You know? and, uh, but then it, that was it. That's Quentin in a nutshell. That's, yeah. that's his skill level, you know? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I let's move. Great. Yeah, let's move on. Let's move on. Thumbs up, definitely. All right. Next up, we're going to talk about Happy, which is uh, gone into season two. It's on After Magicians on Sci-Fi, and it's starring Chris Maloney and is and um, oh god, uh, the who's the who's the unicorn? Um, Pat Oswalt. Oh, Pat Oswalt. Yeah. Oh my goodness! It is the the craziest TV show. I can't even describe it. It's it's a bizarre. Like if you were to do drugs a lot of them, and then drink a lot of alcohol, this is pretty much what you would imagine um, would be happening in the real world. Uh, And what's great is it's such a bizarre version of the world that I don't even know 
like what to say. Chris Maloney is knocking it out of the park, and so is oh, Pat Oswalt. They're both doing such a great job. And I've decided that Chris Maloney is just like he's like, well, I'm working out, so I even though I'm supposed to be this slob that drinks all the time, I have an awesome body, and I'm just going to show it off. And I was just because I was show watching, off pretty much all parts, of all it, of it, actually. all of it. He's like, yeah. he's like, I'm going to the gym. All right. Even though my character is supposed to be a drug addict and whatever, but I'm going to the gym, so we're going to show that. And uh, I don't know why I highlighted that, but that was basically what my brain stuck on. <laughs> but the the whole idea that he has, he has now taken his daughter's um, imaginary friend. Friend, thank you. Um, and now it's his imaginary friend, and it helps him. And it's trying to get him to not be a drug addict and to not drink. And he's drinking all this cough syrup. He's like, you've been sick for like a month now. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, for someone who is a drunk, there's no way the cough syrup has enough alcohol for him to get any kind of buzz. But he's drinking a lot of it. and And then the spray in the mouth, he's doing all that. And he's trying to get something. And then he's claiming that he's clean. And I was like, well, clean-ish. <laughs> it's so, all relative, it's you all, know. Yeah. And it's, it does a, this show does a great job with the humor. It is such a funny, funny oh, show. Is. But it's so also gross. And I don't even know what other words. To, Allison, you describe it. I'm out of adjectives. Well, you know, I, I remember last year when you started watching this show. And you said, oh, you really have to watch this show. And then you described what it was to me. And and I just I, I just kind of stared at you and I was like uh huh and inside I'm thinking I am never watching this <laughs> and but then they started showing like you know uh, scenes that the like trailers that you know the new season was going to start and I noticed that it was on Netflix and I thought all right I'm going to give it a shot I'm going to watch an episode it's probably the only episode I'm going to watch I don't even know if I'm going to get all the way through it because the whole concept sounds stupid but. We'll see. And if I like it, I'll, you know, there's, they, they've got second season coming up. So, and I was so hooked. I mean, like heroin hooked to this show. It's, it started and it was so crazy and over the it's top. So and insane. Nuts. It's so unhinged. And like you said, it's like a, it's like a long LSD trip. Um, I mean, just, just completely off the top. But the thing is, it's not wacky it's not crazy. incoherent it's not it does incoherent, have a story yeah like, yeah yeah it's not like oh just a whole bunch of crazy things happening for the sake of being wacky it's not at all uh it's just it's just unhinged you know it's like okay this is this is the real world and it's grimy and dirty and people do terrible things to each other but on top of that imaginary friends are real <laughs> <laughs> and santa claus comes and kidnaps children Exactly. You know, I mean, it's it's like all this this insane stuff. And there are demons that can possess mafia dons. And, you know, I mean, it's it's like it's so weird that it, it you can hardly even describe it to somebody. But once you get into it, it is it is just addictively fantastic. The the humor is great. I mean, it's just funny as hell. It's extremely violent. So if you have a problem with that, you're this is not your show. Right. And I would I would never even though it's got kids in it and Santa Claus and this year we've got the Easter bunny, I would never sit a child in front no, of one. No, no child should ever watch this show. Ex- exactly, <laughs> never. But um 
but you know really if you like dark humor and and you can you can take the level of violence and it's very cartoony violence a lot of it anyway but still it's extreme because it, it they, the the origins of this is a graphic novel and um so you you figure that level of of violence um if you can take that, then this is this is a great show, and the performances. And he's are... almost Chris Baloney is almost a superhero, sort of. He's yeah, I mean he's like the the world's most amazing hitman. I mean even drunk he can kill a room full of people. Um, oh, and what so... was so great is this this week's episode or last week's episode? He had made like his New Year's resolution was he wasn't going to kill anybody anymore, and he yeah, ends... that lasted about six seconds. Well, what's great is he deliberately tried not to kill people. And he still killed, like, five people. And yeah. I was like... And, and to be fair, most of them were accidents. Like, one of the guys, like, impaled himself. And he was like, I didn't even touch him! And then another <laughs> dude, he, like, tied him up. And he was like, okay, I'm tying him up. He's over here. And then somebody else hits a button and the guy, like, strangles and dies. He's like, I didn't do that! That's not my fault! <laughs> so it's just like... And then he just is like, screw it! And just starts chopping people up. So he's, um... He's hilarious to me. I think he's great. All right, I mean, move I mean, on. the thing that with Chris Maloney is that I mean, I, I I honestly never thought much of him as an actor when when he was on CSI because the the kind of character he played was just this rigidly, you know, stalwart well, I saw him in, guy. In Oz. I saw him on Oz. So I already. Oh, knew. see, I didn't yeah. see that either. So I I don't know. But in this, he is completely off the chain. He's like he, he's the diametric opposite of oh, that yeah. character, and he has no shame whatsoever in, in what he does with this character None. he's he's willing to take it anywhere well, and we gotta so we gotta wrap it up we gotta wrap it up we gotta wrap it up all right so obviously we're saying two thumbs up and if you guys are not watching happy you're not happy you should watch <laughs> it it'll put a smile on your face all right next up we're gonna talk about roswell for five seconds all right tom what did you say about why roswell now is doing things wrong or doing things well, right this episode yeah uh, this episode finally revealed that there's an there's another alien in town who can possess Isabel and humans to make them do bad stuff. Right. Of course, this was like episode what nine, ten, or whatever. Yeah. And it should have been like episode five because they spent a lot of time spinning gears and setting tables. Exactly. I will agree with you because this is finally the story is getting interesting, and I was like, what were we doing before? Yeah. We were getting Nothing. to know the kids, and uh, yeah. we, were to- we were totally shipping the leads. I no, I loved- wasn't shipping the leads. Well, okay. I'm telling you, I was. Okay. So uh, I'll let everybody talk about any- everything else or nobody, because we're-, we're not spending a lot of time on it. But I think it's worth the lip service of saying, I'm very happily surprised by Janine Mason, I think her name is. Um, oh, I like- I th- I- yeah, I like her a lot. I, I, I've mentioned this before. I followed her on um, uh, uh, So You Think You Could Dance. Um, she was terrible on uh, Grey's Anatomy. But I'm going to blame it on the writing then because her character was annoying. Uh, she was a little too... Uh, earnest isn't even we, the right we're, word. We're going to be doing this quickly, remember? I know. So, But anyway, so um, I didn't think I was going to like the two of them. And I didn't like him on... Um, uh, the originals. Thank you. So I just want to say that, <clears throat> excuse me, um, for people who like like that kind of stuff, <laughs> um, I thought they were doing a great job of, of, mm. of the, the, the character. They have a lot of chemistry. They yeah, really do. Do they? I don't think so. I, I think so. What do you think, Tom? I think, I think they're okay. 
Okay. I mean, eh, that's what I said. I was like, eh, they are not smoking off my screen. No. Some, some, something about his voice reminds me like of a young Milo Ventimiglia, but you know, reminiscent versus. I don't know. I just wish the show would come together more quickly because, you know, if it gets a second season, it's going to be because of Julie Plex's name, not because they deserved it. (laughs) (laughs) We'll tell Julie you said that. All right. Speaking of which, next up, we're going to move on. Uh, We talk about the season finale of Legacies. And, hey, I can talk about this episode because there's no other episodes for me to spoil. (laughs) (laughs) so the embargo is lifted yes yes i can't spoil anything because i don't know anything more uh so what'd you guys think about the the second season yes yeah yeah i've been picked i told you i was going back to work (laughs) i did tell you that i I try to compartmentalize my my friendship and my (laughs) i don't know professional whatever i totally forgot you're right duh uh but yes it's coming back for a second season and they ended in a in a crazy place. Cliffhanger. But I will say this, when I first saw the finale, because I saw it way before you guys, but when I saw it, the scene that stood out for me was when um, Hope, Hope is saying goodbye to Alaric on the phone, and she's uh-huh. telling him, like, tell yeah. me you're proud of me, and all this other stuff, and I started bawling. And yeah. I was like, I was like, now I, I get... For clips. I Now I finally understand why his daughter's are so jealous because yeah. his relationship with Hope is way more intense. And she's and- a better actor. <laughs> that- <laughs> I wasn't going to say that. <laughs> but I mean, I just really, re- they, were on- they weren't even in the same room, okay? This is a phone conversation. The actors were not next to each other. They did not shoot it looking at each other off screen. I can tell you that much. This was like a straight up phone conversation and they nailed it. And I got emotional, and I got all teary-eyed, and I was like, "Don't forget hope." <laughs> oh, okay. I forgot. I forgot. Now that you're saying that, I, I I wish we had talked about it when it was fresher in my mind. But I have the residual memory of loving the episode. <laughs> I, I just, you know, like I'm. A, a past memory of like a, a high school boyfriend or something. I just remember really liking it, but not really remembering why. Well, um, you liked it because Hope was awesome. And also... Well, yeah. and, and, and she went to Malivore, so you just have a warm fuzz you don't know. Oh, you don't know why? Yes, yeah, she's been sent to Malivore, so you don't remember her. Um, yeah, but yeah. Uh-huh, that's hilarious. Um, yeah, no, I, 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 I want to say this because I want to give her proper props. I I didn't like her that much on the originals and it took me a while to warm up to her uh, on the show, but I definitely think she and hope have blossomed and they've developed her character. Well, Um, I found Landon super annoying, but I knew that I I kept saying like, Oh, I have a purpose like, and a good one. So, I mean, it turns out he's like the main crux of the whole thing. Um, So I like that payoff as well. Uh, I've really begun to really love the show. I, I think, um, uh, I'm a little annoyed though at Julie because one of the things I used to always say to people on the went to watch the originals and my own personal thing, she always wrapped up the storylines beautifully from season to season, oh, you know, right. and it so was you can finish the season of, right. Did a nice job of it. She never, you know, and I thought, oh, that's a nice, you know, that's a nice gift to us. And in fact, so much so that even without the cliffhanger, I was always super excited about the next season because I thought, oh, I wonder where she's going to take it in this direction. You know, it was kind of like almost getting a whole new series. I think that that she's still going to do that because she's wrapped up everything but the hope 
storyline. No, it was a big fat cliffhanger. And it was and, a big fat, yeah, like, the how are we going to get hope back? back? You know that. That's the thing. How much of a cliffhanger is it going to be? They're not going to come back without their star. Right. Yeah. You know? When you're number one now, on the that, drop. I mean, that is a cliffhanger. Of course. No, I meant the cliffhanger of, like, They've just broken up the Malivor box. The point is, it's it's simple. The, my my point about the cliffhanger is simply that we didn't get closure on the Malivor. I mean, well, I think we now did. We I think it's, no, I think, no, I I personally I don't know any information. This is my personal feeling. I feel that the Malivor thing is done. Yeah, no, I hope so. I I, I I think it's done. I think Malivor is absolutely done. And the only question is, how do we get hope back? But yeah, I don't yeah. think Malivore is going to be running around as the big bad for next season. Nope. No. Right. I, I'm not. I'm not necessarily saying he is, but he, we didn't see that he died just because she jumped into that. Like, it's, I think yeah, it's gone. Like, it's gone. Well, yeah. The the that's right the thing. Over. There is no pool of goo anymore. Right. It's, right. it's it's completely empty. So yeah. yeah, he's been he's been removed by by taking off that sigil off off of him that that where'd she go it's not like she got popped back out of the cement well we don't know that's gonna be the big thing for that's next season. my point but i don't think it's gonna be but i'm saying it's not a cliffhanger like oh my god we know who the big bad is what's gonna happen i think it's gonna be a new thing i think next season is yeah. gonna be new a new yep. crisis yeah. new whatever i i left it feeling a little um i felt it was a little um I don't know. I, I don't know. I just felt like it was a cliffhanger to me. And so, I mean, they did a good well, job. Well, it was and it wasn't. It, it's just not, I'd never thought of it as much of a cliffhanger because, as I said, you're not going to to not get your, your star back. Your star back. Yeah. Yeah. And I never thought that either. I mean, that would well, be Well, let's, let's, let's move on. Let's move on, guys. We're, we're talking in a circle. <laughs> so, uh, we shall see. We, it will all be revealed in season two. <laughs> to me, before you guys. Uh, then yeah. I'll laugh. Um, <laughs> All right, uh, next up, let's talk about um, what we do in the shadows. Whoever saw that? Go, Allison. Um, I saw the movie, and that's why I wanted to to see the TV show, because the movie was absolutely hilarious. Uh, Taika Waititi, who's known now for doing Ragnarok, he uh, he was the one who who did this as I think I think it was his first big feature film or one of them um, uh, when he was uh, still in New Zealand and you know it's a it, it's essentially a fake documentary about a bunch of vampires who are living together as roommates um, in this in this house and it's it's modern just, day I'm sorry. In modern day, I just want to in make modern sure. day, in modern day, yes. That's part of the whole and, and how they cope with the world around them and all of that. And, exactly. and uh, Taika Waititi also played one of the vampires, and it was it was just fantastic. It was it was great, and I was wondering, you know, well, that's great for a two hour movie, but can you sustain it over uh, time to do an entire series for it? So I, you know, tuned in, and at least so far, because they've had two episodes now. It's it is one of the funniest things on television. It really is. It's it's still doing the the faux documentary approach uh, to to the series, and we've got a completely new cast because now instead of being in New Zealand, it's set in, at in Staten Island, and you have all of these vampires who are uh, you know centuries old, and who have really, despite having you know come to the the new world have nothing to do with modern society. They, it's just complete, you know, a non thing to them. 
and and they don't understand how out of place they really are and this the they've added one character though who kind of is a way into that which is this um energy vampire oh my gosh that's hilarious he's oh my god he's the best um which i mean the energy vampire as they they say is the only vampire who can actually vampirize other vampires and he does it by boring you to death um and sucking all the energy out of the room and he's the guy who plays him uh mark proch uh, is just so wonderful at it because he looks like your typical little bland office minion, and and then he just as as he bores everyone to death and everyone is like falling over, he'll turn to the camera and give you this evil grin, and and it's like oh yes, his master plan is working. Um, but the uh, the rest of the characters are great too, and they all have their their own individual storylines. And the whole idea behind the, well, I guess this season at least, is that they are being told by their master, who has, has come from the old country, and by the way is played by Doug Jones, um, that they're, they are to take over the new world. And their first means of doing that is by attending a community council meeting um, in Staten exactly. Island. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and it just all of this, you know, if I'm describing this and it really doesn't sound like anything, you have to actually watch it happen in front of you because it's all completely straight. Even though they're doing these outrageous characters, there's there there's just there's no, you know, winking at the camera or anything like that. But there, it's just great. I want to jump in right there because I have to say that um, I also saw the movie and was a huge fan. And when I heard this was coming to series, uh, it was with both great anticipation and a lot of trepidation that I was like, oh, if they mess this up, man, because, you know, it's just going to taint the legacy of of the movie. And I want to say this also, though. I had no idea about the movie, like none whatsoever. I think I accidentally clicked on it on like HBO or something. Um, And I do love vampires. So I had no idea what to expect. And I'm not kidding you when I was watching it and I I started to realize relatively soon that it was a a documentary. And at first I was like, is this a real documentary? Like I I really didn't (laughs) know what I was watching. And then, and then because it was so straightforward and then I, and then it just out of nowhere, it's like, wait a minute, this is a, are they vampires? Wait, are they real vampires? Wait, what's happening? And then, I mean, just they don't break in any way, shape, or form. And I want to, I want to encapsulate it by telling people. I mean, this is so oversimplifying, but it is very. It reminds me of The Office in the sense that, um, you know, they're just hilarious character studies. And um, the 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 added, added benefit, uh, you know, I mean, most of the 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 humor does come from the fact that they are legit vampires you know um but it's the mundane like i i want to go into this because i don't remember you can you're out of time all right just real quick though because i want people to you you know watch the show it's like the mundane aspects of like having a roommate like not doing the dishes Mm -hmm. like you know not finishing your drink which really means like not killing the people that you suck their blood from you know what i mean and laying them leaving them all around the house or yes there are there are a bunch of victims wandering around half drunk well where'd they get the alcohol no i mean you didn't finish one they're half drunk yeah Yeah, we gotta wrap we gotta we gotta we gotta move on sorry guys so you're saying you're saying thumbs up we should watch it definitely thumbs up yeah all right uh next up we're gonna talk about the season premiere of cloak and dagger and it was a two-hour premiere which was weird that we needed two hours for this premiere but 
I guess it was. It was two. It was two episodes put together. Right. Really, that's that's actually correct. It's more two episodes, and I and I think it's good in that it takes place. It's basically switched the two Tyrone and um what's the other Tandy. Team? Tandy. It switched places where Tandy now has the perfect life and. Tyrone's living in the church and suffering. I wouldn't say the perfect life. Well, I mean, <laughs> compared to what it was like before, and like he was living at home with his parents, and now she's at home with her parents. That's what I mean. Well, um, just her her mom who's in recovery. So right, I, I'm, but I'm for her. This this is good. Um, but it just shows Tyrone's struggle, and then both of them deciding that they want to do something with their powers, and them trying to figure out what it is they want to do. So, thoughts? Um, I think one of the reasons why they wanted to get episode two in there is to show the nature of, you know, whatever this big bad is. Oh, mayhem! That, that is that what it is? Mayhem. It's it's uh it's basically that's the name of the detective's alter ego. It's called mayhem. Yeah. Okay, so it's so it's. We we don't know the mechanics of how this works. We just know that she has this murderous alter ego. Well, we know how she oh. got it, which was at the end of last season. She ended up in that explosion. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's the thing is, it was so long ago. Okay, <laughs> so she basically... Okay. Um, I think it's interesting that they both have a, greater, a little bit more control over their powers. So right. they're not just learning about them. Uh, and how Tyrone is trying to do good but keeps doing kind of dumb stuff. Well, he is a kid. He doesn't understand how the drug problems. trade works, right? Right. So that makes sense. Right. But the detective was really in a bad place. I mean, completely, you know, pill popping, boozing it up. Well, she's got this weird alter ego taking over her body and replacing her and doing crazy stuff. I wonder if it's going to be kind of like the, the classic, speaking of Richard Matheson, uh, who wrote... Uh, the original Nightmare 20,000 Feet, he also wrote The Enemy Within from classic Star Trek where Kirk splits in two because her, the detectives, what we what we think is the normal version is just such a hot mess, right. whereas the other version seems very put together, although very murdery. Yes. Uh, Aaron, do you want to comment on Mayhem and her, her thing? Uh- yeah, absolutely. Um, just for me, I think uh, Mayhem, I thought, was basically, for me, the most interesting um, character in this uh, double episode premiere. Um, I was really drawn into the detective, especially, I mean, last season, she found her boyfriend killed and, and stuffed in her refrigerator. So, you know, I, I, I understand why she's drinking, why she's pill popping, all of those things. And now seeing that her doppelganger um, is the one um, impersonating her, but also going through this murder spree. I found that to be so interesting that just for me, I just want to even more focus on her. Um, I felt that um, Cloak and Dagger, I, I'm glad, like like Tom said, that they do have better use of their powers. And so um, I'm looking forward to see seeing where this goes. I just wish that maybe they could have pushed out the meeting between the detective and Mayhem into a future episode. Uh, I, I mean, uh, because now we hit the ground running. So... I really want to see where we're going to take this now that they know, now that she knows that her doppelganger exists. Right. Actually, I'm glad they did so that we don't have to I like am, wait. I am too. Yeah. I'm glad they just were like, here, here's the doppelganger. Now what? Yeah. So I thought that was a really good way to end because now I'm totally turning, tuning into the next episode because I want to know yeah. how they're going to deal with this. 
All right, so I mean, overall, I thought it was pretty good. It was, it, it's it was a stronger good, not start. fantastic, right? It right. was a stronger start to season one, but that yeah. it, it didn't blow me away. All right, uh, next up, we're going to talk about Star Trek Discovery, and this episode was more about Pike than I was, it could be called Pike's Peak. <laughs> <laughs> but I was really I, I the second that we when he goes down to the planet and he meets the head of the monastery and I was like wait wasn't there baby that they sent down look like that like are there other ones and I did think that that was him but I was wondering and I like that they just were like yep time doesn't move the same way time was, crystals baby yeah and so I like that he was a grown man and uh, he was very put together and knew his mission and knew what he wanted to do and all that. And I liked um, the only thing that I thought, because they were like, it's going to require great sacrifice for you to get the crystal. The vision. And the vision was great. But the only problem was I didn't believe them when they said, if you don't take the crystal, you can avoid this fate. And I was like, what? How's he supposed to change? Like, that didn't make sense to me that his sacrifice has to be to accept that fate. To accept that that's where he's going to end up, which is, you well, know, I think, I think because he'd seen it, he they could they they I think they were implying that you could try to avoid it. You know what I mean? Like now that you know, like you've gotten a peek into your future, you could be like, ah, I'm not going to be on that ship. You know right. what I mean? Well, the yeah, but I mean, you can still do that now after he gets the crystal. Like, there's nothing well, preventing is, him from no, doing that. But, but we know Pike's fate. Yeah, we know so, it. Yeah, I mean, it was the they moment when on it. <laughs> they could do whatever they want. <laughs> He could die a different way. Well, I just thought that that was not a sacrifice. I was waiting for a, a bigger sacrifice because I was like, well, that was going to happen anyway. How's that a sacrifice? You know, that's all. That was my only quibble with it, but I did like him facing it. I did like him seeing that happen and him trying to see, to, to, to adjust his vision of his future. I enjoyed watching him emote for the first time. In oh, come months. on. <laughs> you know how I, I feel about him. Do I detect? Do I detect a hint of snark? Um, a little bit, little bit, little bit, little you drizzle can, of snark. Are Are you the person who's not digging Anson Mount as Pike? Yes, I mean, listen, I, I, you could, everyone can shout at me about Hell on Wheels. I didn't see it, you know. Uh, I and he was. We all know he was horrible in in um. What's the show? I don't want to even in say humans. out loud. In humans. Yeah. Not well, every, everyone was horrible on that but yeah. i know that's where i was going with that um now, although there have been people who rise above ridiculously horrible material he did not um and yes he didn't have any speaking uh <laughs> words well let's but... get back onto the show get back to the show yeah. get back to no, the show so, no but i want to jump in and say yay for him because he was given a big juicy you know episode and i thought he rose to the occasion um, and do I like him, you know, better, I guess, you know what I mean? I, I'm not going to get a different captain. So I think I've just jumped on board now at this point and been like, okay. Um, so yeah. So, I mean, I, I like the episode a lot. Uh, I can't, I can't even kind of remember what else happened. Um, uh, Michael think, and, and Michael, Michael and, trying to figure stuff out. Yeah. Michael and, uh, Spock went on a brother, sister um, oh, I, want to talk, I do want to talk about that because I, you know, I knew, I mean, I didn't know, but I was hoping that they would reconcile. I was getting a little annoyed at the, you know, I hate you, brother. Well, I hate you more. And I, and, you know, I thought, Ugh. Um, 
So I was I was waiting for that to come back around, and I really liked them working as a team. Um, I I also really liked. I know you hate Tyler, but I really liked. I thought the scenes between him, you know, and and um, the chancellor or whatever his, you know, beloved Lorelle. baby mama, the baby mama. Thank you. <laughs> Um, I thought they were, it was sweet, you know, and realistic and, and kind of nice. Like it was a, it was, it was a touching moment. Uh, I know you don't like Tyler, but I still thought that was written well and, and acted well. And, um, I like how they brought the baby back around. Cause you know, I really thought, oh, all this fuss about the baby and then bam, they're sending it off to a monastery. And I thought, okay, I guess, I mean, that, uh, I guess that's forgettable. It's a one-off. Um, and then I loved how they, you know, had aged him up. I mean, they're obviously not going to negotiate with a baby. So, you know, I liked how they, you know, made him an adult and all that stuff. So I, I did really like the episode. And, and the last thing I want to say, I think about it is what I feel like was the, I feel like I want to say more about Burnham's acting. I just, she's great. She just keeps getting better. And, yeah. um, you know what I mean? And, and, and as much as there's explosions and, you know, lasers and this and that, um, she really grounds the show in her acting. And she's definitely more emotional this episode than we were kind of getting with the whole, you know, she was raised by Vulcans. And I'm okay with that. I mean, she's on her own journey and she's not a Vulcan. So at the end of the day, if I get a cry-y, emotional, huggy Burnham, I'm fine with that. Uh, Aaron, before we move on, any other thoughts? Um, I mean, that pretty much sums it up for me. Um, I thought it was a great episode. Thank you guys for finally convincing me to get to CBS All Access, because now <laughs> it rocks. I can't believe I wasn't watching it before. Yay. Incredible. All right. <laughs> I like hearing that. All right. Uh, let's move on. Uh, the last thing we're going to talk about is Doom Patrol, and this was called Therapy Patrol. And then, Well, Therapy Patrol and then Danny Patrol. Oh, right. Okay. Therapy. The therapy one was. I can't decide. I basically I don't think I liked either one of them a lot, for different reasons. I think that in Therapy Patrol, and I think actually it relates to both episodes, which is we didn't really move the plot forward in either episode. Nope. No. Uh, all we did was we spent more time with the characters, learning what we already knew about the characters. Uh, so there was no new discovery. So therapy patrol was interesting in a couple of points, but overall I was like, why did we, what did we just do with that hour? And then in Danny patrol, it felt like this was the episode, how they can convince Matt Bomer to be on the show, but they were like, we're going to give you a musical number. And he was like, I'm in, uh, because the episode actually almost doesn't make sense. It was like, why is this episode in this show? Right. Uh, so it's very strange. Your thoughts? Yeah, I, I kind of, you know, uh, feel exactly the same way you do, especially I really did not like, uh, the previous week's episode because it was the first, yeah, Therapy Patrol. Therapy. (laughs) But I mean, because I mean, we learned nothing. Absolutely nothing. And it was the first time. And I, I, I've said before that, yeah, it's mostly, the show is mostly about the characters and character study more than it is about plot, but it still felt for the first time like we were just treading water. Yep. And I, I felt like we were not just, I mean, it's one thing if we're learning new things about the characters, but when we're just hashing over not only the same issues that we've talked about before, but issues that I thought we'd moved past yes. from the previous episode. 
Um, I just, it, it just made me frustrated. It really yeah. did. This episode, the most recent one, was better than that because I, at least I didn't feel like we were, you know, hashing through the sa- exact same material. Um, and I did like the musical. The musical. <laughs> like that so after all I said, I number. thoroughly enjoyed the musical number. Yeah. After everything yeah. I said, I thoroughly enjoyed it. But as a whole, I was like, what did this have to do with anything? You know, so, this episode would have been great if they had already formed into the Doom Patrol yeah. and, and were really functioning as superheroes at some level. And yeah. then this was this was something that they had to, uh, you know, a mission that they had to go on or something like that to find out about this mystery street. That would have been great. But where it was placed, not so much. Right. You didn't like Admiral Whiskers in Therapy Patrol? <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was, well, what was so great, what was so funny about that was like, don't you want revenge? He was like, I'm just a woodland I'm creature. A I don't do revenge. And I was like, <laughs> that was funny. I will give you that. That was pretty funny. I mean, part of the problem is you cannot keep writing out uh, Alan Tudyk as Mr. Nobody. He is the antagonist. You know, great drama has good guys and bad guys. And when you when you do, you know, he he had a cameo in uh, Rat Patrol. He had a cameo in the episode uh, in Therapy Patrol, but we didn't have him at all in Danny Patrol. It's like, um, it's it just, yeah, it's like, remember, you know, keep your eye on the arc. Let's get Niles back. Thank Instead you. Instead of the whole Mr. X of, oh, I don't know where he is. But I tricked you into helping me. <laughs> well, well, you know, I'm even okay if we don't have Niles back yet because I would love to see them as a team going, really going after him to find him. Yeah. Uh, my expectation in this episode, I was like, okay, great, Danny Street, because there was a map, all of that on a cape. I said, we're going to find something closer to getting us to Niles, and Danny Street didn't know where he was. Right. And then I, I just checked out at that point, not because of uh, the musical numbers were great and all of that, but storyline, I checked out because I'm like, what was the point of coming to Danny Street no. if you're not going to get any information about Niles? You need to find Niles. And I'm, yeah. I'm a little bit tired of Crazy Jane coming up with new personalities. They're fun, but I feel like it's a trope. We keep seeing it. We keep seeing her change. And then the other ones keep saying, this one is worse than the other one. Well, yeah. this one is worse than the other one. So I'm getting a little bit tired of the crazy Jane. I mean, it's interesting, yes. But I, I need I need something I new. I need a story. Give me some yeah. story. Part of, the, part of the problem, too, yeah. is in, in Danny Patrol, they split the team. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And crazy Jane subplot. I mean, yeah. that's... Uh, that's not a whole fully fleshed. That's like a that one was, joke thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can make you fall in love with me, and my family hates you until I put the whammy on them. Yeah. So I, you know, just overall, as much as I love the potential of the show, these these episodes were kind of uh, substandard. And yep. when is Plastic Woman going to use her powers? She used her powers once really well when she stretched her arm out. Elastic Woman. Elastic Woman. Sorry, uh, stretched her arm out. And I'm like, when is she going to grow to 50 feet oh, tall? Oh, I thought she was just a blob. I didn't even know that was no, what her power she was. Had, she literally well, has super strength when she grows to like 50 feet tall. Yeah. So I'm like, come on, bring on the giant Elasta woman and let's see her destroy stuff. And so I'm like, come on, guys. But I still love the show. I'm, I, I don't know. If love it's is a strong show. word. I, I think it's because of the comic books that I, I still, I'm, hope, I'm holding out hope. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I don't think that DC Universe knows what they're doing yet. 
Mm-mm. No. Well, nope. well, I can tell you that I um, Swamp. I think Swamp Thing is going to be their game changer I because hope. the showrunner on that has run other shows and was the and ran the writers' room on Battlestar seasons two through four. So mm. okay. Okay. And plus, they're adapting good material, and they've got the tone. Oh, uh, they showed the they they showed the uh, T four Swamp Thing at WonderCon, and okay. they're going for gothic Southern horror, and they're mm. going for some creepy. I mean, you know, this isn't your kinder, gentler Swamp Thing from that eighties. <laughs> All right, well, let's wrap this up. If you guys, I think we're saying thumbs sideways on this yeah on the most yeah. part alright if you guys have any questions or comments leave them at tvcampfiregmail.com follow us on twitter or on facebook and listen to us on getthepointradio.com kryptonradio weedonopolis and itunes and we'll talk to you guys next time Bye-bye. bye 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 bye